According to reports, the new Vikings coach Kevin O'Connell wants to keep Kirk Cousins and Vikings are trending that way. So we're going to talk about that as well as a little Mock Draft Monday here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 everybody. Hope you all enjoyed the Super Bowl. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen every single day. And Our coach won a Super Bowl. Unfortunately, it wasn't with us. Not yet. (laughs) Congratulations to Rams fans, Rams, whatever, whoever's listening. Uh, So let's talk, though, about the report that came out early on Super Bowl Sunday from Tom Pelissero, and then I think uh, Ian Rappaport endorsed it, um, that the Vikings are trending toward keeping Kevin O'Connell. His staff is not entirely, Kirk Cousins, Uh, his staff is not entirely fleshed out yet. Um, Deshae Townsend actually balked. We talked about, actually told Patrick Peterson at Radio Row that he was going to be the new D-backs coach. And then he actually has changed his mind since then. So my apologies if Patrick Peterson is listening. My apologies for lying to you, to your face. Um, But (laughs) interesting thing anyways. By the way, Patrick Peterson told me at uh, at Radio Row that he wants to stay a Viking. Um, Point blank. He said that on his show too. So it's not like super uh, his own podcast. So it's not super breaking news, but still nice to hear like directly, you know, point blank. Um, but I digress. The staff isn't fully fleshed out. It will probably, a lot of those will be made official either today or tomorrow when Kevin O'Connell is made official and they have a whole PR press release and stuff and they can get all the things signed. That might take a minute. Um, or it might already be done by the time you listen to this, who knows? Um, but either way that's imminent. Um, but the, the report is that they are going to try to work something out with Kirk Cousins' deal. Now there's a couple of quick caveats to this. A, Everything you hear this time of year could definitely be a, uh, a a contract negotiation leverage tactic thing, right? Or a trade negotiation leverage tactic. The Vikings go put it out there via all the insiders and say, yeah, we're totally super high on Cousins. We're not going to part with him unless you give us a king's ransom just to get people to offer more when, you know, trade negotiations start, which always, I mean, everybody's always calling everybody that there's always a market and you're just trying to inflate it. Um, or... It's just, uh, it's, it's real and they want to keep him, but of course getting the contract done is a hurdle and that might be something they can't figure out. They might also be able to figure it out, but that's still something that needs to be done. And it's certainly, I mean, I think it's 80, 20 that they get the contract figure out if they all want to, but there's still that 20% and it's a probability we have to at least mention and acknowledge. Assuming all of that works out, um, the way that the Vikings intend it, it means the Vikings think Kirk Cousins is a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. We've been over this a million times. I just, I don't necessarily agree, but that kind of tells us something about the way the Vikings are trying to build their team. They're building it around Kirk Cousins. And all that means is we just kind of have to suss out the, the sense of urgency because here is the, the reality that I've always said, whether they admit it or not, the Vikings are in a rebuild. Their roster needs to be rebuilt. They have holes on holes on holes on their roster. They're missing about half of a defense. They need a couple offensive linemen. They probably could use another uh, skill player or two. They have holes on holes on holes on that roster. 
that is not going to get solved in one offseason unless you do something similar to what the Rams did, where you go fully all in, you go get everybody's veterans that want out or whatever, go get every Odell Beckham and Jalen Ramsey you can find, um, and basically mortgage away all your draft picks and essentially resolve, resi- resolve to be a team that doesn't build their team in the draft. Um, that worked great for the Rams. Obviously, they just won the Super Bowl. Is that replicable um, is a different question, right? But I, either way, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I don't think that they're going to go in some weird all-in retool direction. Here's the deal. Rick Spielman just got fired for essentially trying to hold together with duct tape and bubble gum this ship that he had built a few years ago but wasn't able to kind of refurbish with better draft talent and stuff because of various things, you know, first rounders not working out and guys getting old, etc., etc., And basically they tried to patch this over over the last two years with one year deals and sort of rental free agents and bargain bin stuff. The Bashad Breelands of the world trying to, you know, get in. Ah, he can just play like decent quarterback and we get cornerback and we can deal with that until we get a real replacement. And and that sort of there was a lot of papering over and a lot of temporary solutions. Um, Let's just bring in Anthony Barr for two more years, you know, and we'll just get whatever we get out of him. There there wasn't a build toward this is the core of our team and what's the future. They have a core of the team, and I do think they still view that they have a core of the team. They've got Dalvin Cook and Jefferson and Daniel Hunter and Eric Kendricks and, you know, Harrison Smith for as long as you have them. There's a core to the team, right? Um, But you have so many holes on the roster that to try to solve them all at once with the resources available to the Vikings would be a pretty bad way to solve them. You could kind of only get so good of a player unless you really, really hit on a guy, you know, unless you can find a way to get uh, on a $1 million deal, deal, you know, some free agent that doesn't get signed till May or something. You'd have to just be so good at playing the market. And, and that's just unrealistic. I think trying to do that would be irresponsible. It's just unrealistic to expect, oh, you know, we'll just draft a perfect class and then like fill all of our roster holes in the first year. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. And I don't think that that's a responsible way to go about this. And so here's what I think is going to happen. I think the Vikings are definitely are, are trying to build around Kirk Cousins. I do believe in that Tom Pelissero report. Um, but I think that they're going to try to build a little more responsibly. And I do think, whether they admit it or not, 2022 is going to be, don't call it a rebuilding year, call it a transition year, where it, it, you're just not going to solve every problem at once. You can try, but it would require either just like spreading your resources way too thin or mortgaging the future so much. And it's really hard to see a first year head coach and GM immediately go into, well, we'll just suck for the next four years if this doesn't work out. I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, So I think that they're going to try to build around Kirk Cousins. So what does that look like? That's what I'm going to talk about in a little bit. Plus, we have Mock Draft Monday to do. Um, so get hyped for that. But first, let me talk to you about the best tasting protein bar on the planet. It is mid-February. Now it's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Um, and if you're still going on your New Year's resolution, I commend you. I am not so strong a person. If it's getting harder, if, if your stamina, your willpower is starting to erode, Built Bar can be the solution for you. If you've tried the puffs, they are awesome. They're like marshmallowy covered in chocolate. They're delicious. But they figured out, I don't know what it is with the collagen protein, the way that they do this, but they figured it out. It tastes like you're eating like a marshmallow candy bar, um, but it's not that bad for you. Like 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and then like 17 grams of protein. So it actually works after a workout as well, and you're going to want to eat it. It's not like one of these really chalky, nasty, like oat night nightmares that you can call a protein bar. No, you're going to want to have this. It's going to be like a candy bar. It comes in mint brownie, coconut, coconut, almond, um, even white chocolate cookies and cream for this month. 
All delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So Kevin O'Connell has a philosophy that shows up time and time again every time he we actually get him to talk to somebody in the media that can write stuff up about him. And they ask him, you know, what's your philosophy? What does your offense look like? And that question has come up a couple of times. Of course, out of curiosity, what would this look like if you were in McVeigh's shadow? Of course, for us, but also in the Rams a little bit. Hey, you know, what is you? Who is Kevin O'Connell? You know, step out of the shadow of Sean McVeigh and tell me who you are. But also in Washington, when he was the offensive coordinator and he was sort of uh, gradually gaining more and more power over time over that 2019 season as other things didn't work out. Um, and the answer, there's always some through line there. A lot of it is getting the quarterback in rhythm and making the quarterback feel protected. And it's all about nurturing the quarterback. Um, and and that's the way I'll put it. It's, it's about putting the quarterback in a situation where he can be his best self and it's all centered on the quarterback. Um, and I think there's room to disagree with that and say, well, "Ah, it's like, it's a team game though. Like you probably should try to nurture everybody and make sure everybody can be their best self, not just the quarterback. But I guess if you are going to pick one person, the quarterback would be the guy to pick. Um, but I digress. He, he is, um, he is going to do the thing around Kirk Cousins that Kirk Cousins fans want the Vikings to do. Um, that, that I think is where this, this all comes out assuming the Vikings keep Kirk Cousins like it seems like they're going to, this is going to be a team built around Kirk and what Kirk needs. And the other thing that I I, I kind of glossed over is making the quarterback feel protected. And I, I, he always puts it that way, and I always find that interesting that that's how he puts it, because it's not necessarily about, you know, some point about how under pressure passer rating goes down by this much or whatever. It's it's a lot more about making the quarterback feel like he's protected. Look, pressure ruins plays. Sacks, of course, ruin plays. Those are all bad and limiting it is good. But it's like a more nebulous point about making the quarterback feel like he's protected, making him feel like the front is not his greatest worry. And that does align really well with what Kirk Cousins wants to do. Cousins, and he's explained this before um, at at the Blitz Summit last offseason, he will read the front and where the defensive line is and the linebackers and stuff pre-snap on his way up to the line of scrimmage, basically. He will, that's the first thing he's looking at. And then he works his way. He goes defensive line, the front, and then he looks at the linebackers and then, and, and then he looks at like the secondary and he works his way back. And then he keeps his attention on the secondary post snap where the play is. And he kind of trusts that the protection that was set and his teammates are going to do his job. And he kind of trusts that the protection is right, which is why there are so many sacks that it looks like he didn't even see the guy coming, um, even though maybe he should have seen the guy coming. And it's because he places that full on faith in the the front. And I I criticize that all the time about him. Um, However, the way that that meshes like that's a weakness, I think, of his and the way that that meshes with Kevin O'Connell is, I think, where you kind of see what the Vikings are seeing in this where O'Connell talks about, yeah, I want the quarterback to feel that way. I want him to feel like he doesn't have to worry about the protection so that he can focus on the secondary and focus on the coverage and reading his progression and focus on what's going on downfield instead of having to worry about if a stunt is coming or if there's some guy going to come up the A-gap or whatever and be able to trust that. So, of course, this is all a great and noble thing, right? It would be super awesome if the quarterback was just never under pressure. That'd be great. You'd win every game. Um, but how to get there, right? And there's a bunch of different ways, but this can give us a preview 
of what kind of contender the Vikings are going to try to build. Um, and I, I worded that very carefully. What they're going to try to build a contender. Nobody's trying to build a just okay team. They're going to try to build a Super Bowl contender, somebody that can be in the playoffs every year and you know be the Chiefs, be in the playoffs and be scary every year and always have a, a you know a puncher's chance at the, at the title. Um, they are going to try to build that. Whether it works out, of course, that's why you watch the games. But part of that is going to start with not only offensive line. Um, of course, the easiest way to do this, or the most straightforward, I guess, way to do this, um, but probably the hardest way to do it, is just get better offensive linemen. Of course, it is so easy. Why didn't I think of that? Um, just simply get good offensive linemen in the building. Um, but of course, there's going to be a resource problem of, of how do you do that? Do you draft more? Do you just hope that guys like Ezra Cleveland develop? Um, you know, what do you do with like matching that with a run game and stuff? But I guess that should bring me to O'Connell wanting to... Um, run a more varied running scheme. He isn't pure wide zone. And the run game coordinator he, he's going to bring in here, Curtis Modkins, also doesn't run pure wide zone. Munchak um, is is a zone guy. They did bring in an O-line coach, Chris Cooper, that um, does teach mostly wide zone techniques. So I think it's still going to be the staple, but it's not going to be everything. And because it's not everything, it means that you need to have linemen with a certain amount of power. So the guys that are a little lighter... Um, that can get bowled over a little bit. The Bradberries of the world. This was Riley Reef. He was never the most stout, powerful guy. Um, go to all the busts you want, the Drusamias, whatever. Um, those guys aren't going to be as useful, and they're not going to fit as well because you need to have someone with a little bit more of a diverse skill set. Bradbury, in particular, very much his own guy. His own guy. A lot of people don't even like in a pure zone scheme. Um, add more responsibilities and ask him to do things he's not good at. More, it's not a very good fit. So my guess for him is going to be camp competition. Let him play out the last year of his deal, and then he's going to walk. So that's part of it. A reconstruction of the offensive line so you get guys that are built around pass protection. You would hope, right? But again, way easier said than done, right? Let's just go get all the pass protection linemen that are all just sitting out there doing nothing. Yeah, that's easy, right? Um, but there's a lot of other things to do, and, and some of them are more schematic, right? There's also things like prioritizing pass protection in your running back decision. Um, Alexander Madison, I thought, had a really rough year in terms of pass protection, in terms of closer to the beginning of the year. Later in the year, he got a lot better. Um, but he had a rough year early in the year in terms of whiffing on on blocks. He would get to the right place and he would just like totally whiff. He'd lunge at the guy and just like totally swing at air. Um, somebody like uh, Kenny Wongu needs to learn pass protection or else he's not going to get on the field. And that was kind of what prevented him from getting on the field last year too. So he needs to improve at that. And that's going to become even more of a, a priority because as we saw, look, as we saw in the Super Bowl just this Sunday, running back pass protection is really, really important. Same thing with tight ends and stuff. Maybe not so much a run blocking tight end, but somebody who can block in the pass is going to like matter. Um, and that's going to be just that much more of an important part of the evaluation for those like tertiary skill players. One thing I'm really interested to see, um, you know, we talked last week about about this to Solomon Wilcox and a couple other people too, is how they're going to approach play action. Kirk Cousins is a play action quarterback. It is like his identity is that he's good at play action. He's good at turning around, um, faking a handoff, turning his body back around and then throwing off of an angle that's usually uncomfortable. That is like his superpower. It is his greatest talent. But... Kevin O'Connell lost the OC job in Washington because he didn't want to build a play action offense. He wanted to instead use passes to set up more passes. I've explained this a little bit last week, um, but in, in brief, 
you know, you run play action, you, you fake a run play to manipulate a defender to get them going one way and then the pass play goes the other way. You make them zig, then you zag. Um, a pass play can also make them zig and then you can zag with a different pass play. And that's going to be, I think, the way that Kevin O'Connell wants to do this. And, and it's, you know, get the quarterback in rhythm, make the quarterback, again, feel protected, use quick game, three-step drops, a, a quick pass, you know, three-step drop and throw, that's a second and a half. If an offensive lineman knows that he just has to, to hold up for a second and a half, he will take a much more aggressive stance, and that aggressive stance is going to be much easier to win from. It's just not easier to hold up the block, but if you know you don't have to, you can do that. Um, so that kind of thing can help the offensive line. So it's also about making the offensive line's job easier um, and maybe putting a little bit more in the hands of the pre-snap read of your quarterback and a little bit more on the wide receivers and stuff. But yeah, you got Justin Jefferson. If we can trust KJ Osborne too and whatever we get, can get left from uh, from Adam Thielen, maybe we can trust that. Nerve Smith, of course. Um, so maybe we can trust that a little bit better, put more on the receivers, less on the offensive line. That'll all be great. So those are just some of the things I can think of with with um, Kevin O'Connell that are principles I think the Vikings will stick to. And what this means is it's going to influence the way that the Vikings approach free agency and the draft and all this stuff. Again, Rome wasn't built in a day, and I honestly wouldn't be too surprised to see them focus entirely on defense and just kind of say, okay, this one's going to be a rough year. We'll see if we can't make a run at it but we're going to have an incomplete roster this year. If the Vikings have a complete roster as they go into 2022, I will be, my jaw will be on the floor. I just don't think it's plausible. Um, we're going to do our best in cap exercises down the road. Some of that is going to involve a mock draft, which is the next thing we are going to do. That is mock draft Monday. It is time. First off, let's talk about bet online. I hope y'all had fun betting on the Super Bowl. I certainly did. I hit a couple of silly props like Sean McVay being the first co coach to be shown on the broadcast and the Super Bowl MVT thanking his teammates first hit some uh, less silly, but still very fun props like Matt Stafford over five and a half rushing yards. I believe he hit, I think he had set six at the end of the game after that final kneel down. Um, what's funny is that if the Bengals had called a timeout and made the Rams do another kneel down, I think I would have lost that bet. And I actually got Odell Beckham anytime touchdown score was another one I was, I, I, I did, I did well on, um, did pretty well on, on my Super Bowl prop bets. Tell me how yours went for all of the latest odds, totals, player performance props, whatever you can get. You can go to betonline.net. It's the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcast news, everything this season. And it's not just football. It's your best source for hockey, boxing, UFC, Olympics, all sorts of coverage and information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, welcome to Mock Draft Monday. Here's what we do here on Mock Draft Monday. We do a mock draft. I'm just doing one round for now. I'm using the Pro Football Network Simulator. If that's the thing that matters to you. We're going to use that all off season. Um, and I am, I don't think I'm going to do a trade today. I'm just not feeling uh, like doing that kind of thing. I am allowing myself to do trades, but I'm not like forcing myself to really evaluate all of them or whatever. Um, and we are going to look for this, so here's something that I think the Vikings are going to need with the McVeigh system. One of McVeigh's favorite things to do with Cooper Cup was a choice route, um, and those a choice route. It's like you might know it as an option route. Um, they require a lot of agility. They require you to really set something up. You know, go really far outside and cut inside. And sometimes they require you to you know stem your route directly at the cornerback, and then you have to go left or right 
and it, like depending on what your read is, but you also have to set them up at the routes, you know, at the breaking point of your route, you also have to set them up to go the other way so that you can actually create separation. That requires a ton of agility. So here's what I think. I don't think the Vikings necessarily have this particular style of receiver. None of their receivers have an agility problem or anything like that. Like Justin Jefferson's fine. And of course his routes are amazing. Um, and I think Osborne's fine and and Thielen are all fine in this, but I want like a shifty, stupid little twerp type receiver. And I am going to see if I can't find this. There's a lot of receivers I'm noticing available at 12. This is what I think keeps happening. Chris Olave keeps being available. Um, Drake London is available. Jamison Williams is available. There's a lot of these guys. So I, I went and I looked through to see which of those guys kind of fits that description the best. Who is has the agility that I need to run those sorts of concepts and I think brings a dimension to the Vikings uh, passing attack that they don't have right now. So I'm looking for a receiver that's going to give me that dimension. So somebody like Drake London isn't necessarily going to check that box. He's big and he's a good receiver and whatever. It seems like a fine prospect, but I'm looking for a particular skill set here. And that brings me to Chris Olave and Jamison Williams that seem like they have fairly similar skill sets, a lot of athleticism and explosion and stuff, not necessarily the best run blockers. That's not the worst thing for a wide receiver. And what it seems like the main difference is, at least off of very cursory research, is that Chris Olave maybe needs a little more physicality and Jamison Williams needs a little bit more polish in his routes. I want to take the guy with more polish in his routes because, again, this is going to be a very precise role, and that's going to be Chris Olave. So Chris Olave is, um, he also seems to have a talent for kind of finding those soft spots in zones, and I think that understanding of coverages and um, that just the football IQ, I guess, that that comes with seems to be really important for this, like, choice route role. Um, and of course this isn't just the choice route role. It's just a really important thing that I would love for a wide receiver to come in and do. So then you'd have Olave on top of Justin Jefferson and KJ Osborne, and then Adam Thielen for as long as you get him. And then after he retires, those are your three and you got Irv Smith, Dalvin Cook. That's a good skill core. Like that's really exciting. So I'd be really into it. Um, I, I'm definitely open to taking a wide receiver here, even though I just talked about, I mean, they need corners like the Dickens. They need an edge rusher like the Dickens. They probably could use some offensive linemen. Um, they need a linebacker really bad, a safety really bad. Like they need stuff really bad here. Um, and even though wide receiver isn't necessarily the most pressing need, I, I'm still okay with taking that because you're not going to solve all of these needs with your first pick. And if you try to do that, if you try to chase needs on your roster with the first overall pick in a world where you're in this kind of pseudo rebuild thing that we aren't really admitting, but they're in, um, that is, if you just, you can't chase needs in that. And that's why I don't necessarily think like if you are trying to compete in 2022 and 2022 alone, I would say your first round pick has to be a corner. I just don't think that there's anything out. Like if you're trying to say Kirk Cousins makes us a Super Bowl contender, if we can just fix up this roster, I think you need to get a, a corner in the first round uh, or, or find a way to flip your first rounder into like Xavier Howard or something. But like that's a really irresponsible way to do it because you can't pick a corner and also an edge rusher and also a linebacker and also a safety and also a wide receiver and also an offensive lineman, you know, like you're, you're chasing needs, but there's so many other needs that by the time you fill those, you're going to have another need at corner and that it's, you're just going to kind of constantly be chasing your tail. So I like the idea of just find a guy that will have utility in specifically the team we're trying to build and take him instead of trying to be a completionist about it. And I guess that's the real lesson I want you to take from this show is the Vikings shouldn't be completionists here. 
in this particular rebuild or retool or whatever makes you feel good to call it. Um, they shouldn't try to complete the roster in one offseason. To do that would spread their resources too thin, and it would not set them up to actually be able to build a contender. They would always just build a very fragile team you can't skip, <laughs> you know? Like, they wouldn't be a circled win. They would just always be like a six-win team you kind of have to take seriously. And, and you, of course, you don't want to build that, right? So I, I just want them to build somebody. Like, Chris Olave would have a defined role in the Vikings offense and it would be a useful role it would be a very explosive role and something that would really add a dimension to their offense and that's why I would take that pick with the mock draft Monday um these are going to start to get more serious now that we're out of the playoffs and, and especially once the staff comes together we start getting into cap stuff which maybe we'll get to this week we'll start um maybe we'll maybe next week but then we'll start talking about contracts, like all that stuff. So this will be should be a fun week. It's Twitter Tuesday tomorrow. You can find a link for that in the show notes. If you, there's just a Google form, or you can send a, an email to lockedonvikingspodcast at gmail.com. You can hit me on Twitter with that too at LukeBronNFL at LockedOnVikings. I will see you all tomorrow with that. In the meantime, check out the Locked On Bets podcast. And as always, skull.